All right, I think we're recording. So um, this is kind of an impromptu thing that just popped up from the Discord. Uh, we were talking about, well, Sherry, this was, you, you were saying you want to talk about it. I can't remember what I said. Why don't you introduce it? Oh, well, well, I was just saying that I sent, I sent you that last conversation between, um, what was, how do you say his last name? Norsworthy? Norsworthy. Luke Norsworthy and David Bentley Hart. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then I saw that you and Caleb were talking about having a conversation about it. And I just, oh, said, yeah. hey, hey. <laughs> right, <I> right. <laughs> Well, I think and it was specifically the part, one of the best parts of it for me, and I don't know about you, Sherry, and I don't know how far along you are, Caleb, but... The, I just got to freedom. Okay. When he was talking about freedom and choice, I thought, because I've been, choice, I've been talking a little bit, so Michael, Michael Lady, uh, did I say his name? Michael Lady? Lady. Lady. And uh, he and... Uh, and uh, a couple other people, Jeff and Sarah, actually have a, we have this Voxer where we send Vox messages to each other. And it started around Barfield. Um, but I've been telling them for, I don't know, the last few weeks, months, I've been thinking there's something about, I don't know, there's something about choice. Choice comes up a lot in discussions around choice. And I think there's really something that's off in a lot of those discussions that needs to be mined. And then in that conversation, David Bentley Hart just like went right at it. And it was essentially the Cliff Notes version that I was saying is that um, in, in, the modern, in the modern world or the modern West, we put this extremely high value on libertarian choice. Um, but he does a really good job, I think, illustrating why um, why choice in and of itself is not a good thing. It's, it's neutral. It could be terrifying, actually. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that, but I thought that was a profound part of the podcast. Actually, I, 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 it, didn't jump, it didn't jump out at me at all for some reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what he was just so, if I could summarize what I think he was saying, and then we could talk about what you thought was great about it. Um, he was essentially saying that choice um, is not at all a blessing unless it's aligned with the good. The ability to choose is not a good thing unless you're choosing the right thing, unless you're choosing the good thing. And so, and he said, in as much as you're choose, in as much as you're, and he said, this is where freedom comes in. In as much as your freedom, absolute freedom and this is kind of like the infinite attributes of God would be connected to the infinite goodness of God. And so what freedom really means is like complete lockstep with the will of God. Right. Okay. Yeah. And there's yeah. no choice there. It essentially eliminates choice. Yes and no. Right. Okay. It's paradoxical because you actually have to make that like, you know, you have to, yeah. I mean, in the in a sense, in the in the context of that universal reconciliation, the idea of universal reconciliation, the choice is made when, like George MacDonald says, you loathe yourself. You mm. you see who you actually are, and and then you you run into the loving arms of the Father, right? So you you do make a choice but it's to the good yeah 
so it, 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 it's, it, I guess, par paradoxical in, in that, you know, if you want to frame it that way, the way that you've previously framed it, then it would be a, a paradox in a sense because, or not. Because well, I think, I think what he is saying is that, I mean, while obviously while we're still fallen and we have um, misaligned desires and, and brokenness and all of our, all of our flesh that's still being worked off, then, then our wills and our choice and our agency isn't going to be aligned with the right. But he's saying, I guess this is where my mind goes lo logically in the extreme version is, and I, and I don't, there's something about it. I don't like it when people talk this way. And I mean, I could be mistaken in my own mind, but it's um, when people talk about God having done otherwise, I was like, God, no, God doesn't do otherwise. That's not, a, that's not a thing that God does. God, what do you mean? God is, and he was, God does, God is perfection. And so he does perfection. Like, it's not as if to me, they're the whole frame of like choice and options. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Isn't even, it isn't even that it's only possible. That's only possible with infinitude. Yeah. Uh, okay, but you're talking about it. Just to clarify it for Caleb, okay. you're talking about the what if, right? Yeah. The what if. Oh, like, if can God make a rock that he can? Yeah. Yeah. Word. Sure. Like, and that's, so that's just, just I kind mean, of framing. Right. Those kinds of, um, okay. and I think it's it's um, I don't know. I'll I'll go back to the Andy Wilson quote that I love so much from Notes of the Tilted World, but uh, probabilities are the prophets of a mechanical God. Like there's mm -hmm. just, God doesn't deal in probabilities and options. He is, he was, he will be. Right. Like he's right. outside of that whole game. Right. And if you take, if you take that thought, God is, then we are. Right. I mean, so there's it, in some sense. Yeah, we, there is. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. So what, what I wanted to talk about kind of works its way in okay. is the fact that um, all the things that I've been learning about this universal reconciliation, which is, which is, you know, like the, the new heaven and the new earth. Okay. Like the, the ultimate reconciliation um, being, being um, for everyone um, just to get really heretical. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's yeah, well, that's kind of what it is. On the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, universal. Yeah, well, the the thing that that has happened to me personally, the 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 fruit of that of those ideas has been a really pronounced, tangible, um, effortless peace. Hmm. And, and, it, and it comes not, not as a result that, okay, it doesn't matter what I do, I'm going to go to heaven. It's not, it's not for that purpose. It's, it's, it's deeper than that. It's, it's, it's what you were talking about when you said God is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, if God is, then we are. He made us and we are. He made us what? He made us human. We are human. 
right? We live in a sinful, in a, it, it, with a sinful nature. We are sinful. It, it's, it is what it is, is what I'm saying, mm. you know? It is, it is what it is. Now, if there's no what ifs, then what? There you have it. God well, is, and we are, and there's no what ifs. So, so in my, so I think for me, the tension lies in, I, I don't think that I would say <clears throat> that there's no what ifs or options or choices for us. I do think there are choices and we're choosing between, I mean, not to bring time into it. I mean, I think a lot of that we're rationalizing after the fact. I think we've, a lot of times we've made the choice and then we realize the choice that we've already made. <clears throat> um, but but I do think we're making choices because you have these, you know, you have these paths before you. And I mean, I would, and not like I'm proof texting this in an exegesis kind of way, but you know, the very famous, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, where is it? Um, with Caleb and uh, when they're going in to conquer the promised land, is that where it is? Which, um, choose this day whom you will serve but for me and my family we will serve the lord that kind of thing or yeah. 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 Uh, or um joshua. or it's joshua yeah and then um and then uh maybe it's joshua and caleb anyhow but and then with um even the Cain and abel story where he says you know if you do well will it not go right for you so i mean i think we have that paradigm set up but what i'm trying to say is that as you more i think what I'm trying to argue for is I think the more and more that you align with the good, the more and more as you become holy, the more and more as you're conformed to Christ, I think the choice and the struggle and the tension lessens and lessens and lessens yeah, of course, of course. to the place where you just, it's almost not even a choice. And, and like the easiest way that I could, it's not that you're not doing things in alignment with, your goals. It's not that you lose agency in that way, but it's almost like you just, you're, you're in the, def you are just completely in sync with the defined flow. You know, it's like, um, well, well, I think one of the easiest ways, it's like the green lady in Paralandra. Like that's just how she, she wasn't even all the kind of mental gymnastics that we do i think are completely foreign to her which is why she's such a confusing character as ransom is trying to deal with her he just like the way that her mind works is completely alien to him because she doesn't have biblically in james and 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 i've been doing a lot of exegetical studies on like when jesus says if your eye is pure when james says you know, you're tossed back and forth by every wave of doctrine. You, you double-minded man. A lot of those words, when you break them down into the roots in the Greek, have to do with like single-mindedness and double-mindedness. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like the more that you can find as you conform to holiness, the double-mindedness goes away. You're of a single mind. You're of a unified mind. You have a unified eye. Choice right. is non-existent at that point. Okay, so it's because, I mean, I would say it's because you are where you're, where you're supposed to be. Right, right. And, and George MacDonald says, and I, I want to jump up and grab the quote. I will after, but okay. he says that we, 
oh, how does he put it now? See, I need the quote. Um, we we want we are of we are of of the uh, we are in the habit of calling ourselves something, but God wants to God wants us to to be who we are, right? Mm. We have a way we we call ourselves something. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna jump up and get it. Do it, great. <laughs> and then Caleb, you're being tell us your wisdom or your questions or your <laughs> insights. Um, with freedom, uh, and and trying to judge if it's good or bad, um, to me it seems like it's uh, like freedom is both love and um, sin. Um, like it's not either of them, but it contains within it the ability for both. Um, like freedom is the most detrimental thing, but also the point. Um, like love, there's, you don't have love without freedom. But with freedom comes a lot of other stuff as well when, when you're a uh, rebellious being. So I think what I'm, so if I'm hearing your words rightly and tell me if I'm not, I think what I what I think I had gleaned from David Bentley Hart and from what and what I think that I'm trying to articulate is that freedom and choice are not synonyms and we use them as synonyms and and also a lot of times when people say choice they're they're um inferring tacitly libertarian freedom which is the ability to do otherwise and i'm and i i think what david bentley hart was saying and i think i would agree with this and as much as i understand it rightly is that and i think this is this kind of this agrees with what you're saying in a way is that we are freedom isn't the ability to choose freedom is true freedom in the biblical sense and there is is freedom is freedom to do the good. And, um, and I know the Bible, I think the Bible goes back and forth with these, like you're either, and I don't know if it uses this language or if I'm just misremembering this, but like you can be free, you're free in Christ, but you're also a slave to Christ. And so like it does a lot of wordplay going back and forth between those things, freedom and slavery and free to the flesh in contrast to a slave to Christ. And, well, I, yeah, to, I usually use, uh, you know, you're a slave to sin or you're a servant to Christ. Yeah. That's kind of how I semantically put it, just because that tells the difference of it. Um, yeah. In my opinion, but that's coming from right. this whole freedom thing. So I don't know. Right. Well, and I don't know. I mean, that. this is where I get like all my, um, very much in line with like the, Preston and Paul backgrounds and just in that reformed exegetical evangelical world that I lived is I think in the New Testament at least the Greek word I mean I'm no scholar it is that word that's translated servant is literally bond servant or bond it bond slave hmm. like I think it really is a slave but then we um 
which is a different than like antebellum American slavery, but it's like the kind of slave where like you owe it. It's the ancient form of slavery where you owe a debt to someone. And so you become a slave to them until you pay off your debt type of a thing. And I think that's where Paul is using that language as like a, as a play, like you are then a slave to Christ, but yet he's, he's saying that in like a wordplay, you know, it's kind of like take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like that's the whole paradox. And the irony is like, it's, it's a yoke, it's a burden, but it's, but it's actual freedom and it's light, you know? Um, so I don't know. Did you, did you find it, Sherry? The the upside down. No, huh? I'm not having any luck. I'm not having any luck finding oh. it. You posted it. it. You posted it on the Discord somewhere. Was that? Yeah. The other day. I can't remember where you said it, Sherry, but I remember you reading. It might have been I the should, orthodoxy. Yeah. I should look. I have. This is the wonders of the internet, is I could actually look. We could, I could open up Discord, and we could just start hearing beeping. Um, uh, all right, but anyhow, do you have do you have other? Um, I'm looking for your quote here, Sherry. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I was um, I'm just uh, I'm just really. Um... Oh, I have a quote here. You said, I want to send you this quote as well, just such a compelling description of God. Is that it? Might be. <laughs> well, let me read it, and I'll see if the it's, quote, if it's getting at you, okay? Yeah. Um, okay. If this, then is, if this, then, is God like the child, is it that one? That he is simply and altogether our friend, our father, our more than friend, father and mother, our infinite love-perfect God, grand and strong beyond all that human imagination can conceive of poet thinking and kingly action. He is delicate beyond all that human tenderness can conceive of husband or wife, homely beyond all that human heart can conceive of father or mother. He has not two thoughts about us. With him, all is simplicity of purpose and meaning and effort and end, namely that we should be as he is, think the same thoughts, mean the same things, possess the same blessedness. It is so plain that anyone may see it. Even one ought to see it. Everyone shall see it. It must be so. He is utterly true and good to us, nor shall anything withstand his will. Yeah. Was that that's it? Not, no. <laughs> no? It's okay. It was a good one. <laughs> that's a good quote. Well, that's the great thing about George McDonald is you read any of it and it's excellent. <laughs> yeah. No, it was about what we, it was just, he was just showing how, how we have a, a way of, of calling ourselves something. We see ourselves in a certain way, but, but God is going to give us the sight to see ourselves the way he sees us, right? And my sister said something to me the other day about, she said, you know, sometimes I get, I'm, I get the feeling that this whole Christian life is just about being. And I said, Ab- absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because, because God is, is, is the supreme being. He is, is being. And yeah. if you, so if you, if, if you want to take the verb, like, okay, the German word to be is sign, okay? To be, being. 
mm-hmm. God, God is the, the being. What, 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 what is our, what is it that we are to, to do in this world? To be like George says, like him, exactly mm-hmm. like him to think his thoughts, to feel his feelings, to have his, his, his insight. Right. So, and if I, if I think about that logically, he created me. So he created me with the capacity to integrate that into, into me at mm. some point in time, right? So that, and Paul says, now we see through a glass darkly, but one day we will know as we are known. And it is about being. And so it's about being now. It's, it's, it's about who is God? Who is this being? Who is he? And who am I? Yeah. That's the journey that we are on, in my opinion. And, and, then, and then to take it you know, into, into David Bentley Hart territory, well, that, that's still the journey. It's coherent, right? The afterlife is still that journey of who am I? Mm. And, and learning to, you know, getting to that point of theosis, right? That, that communion with God, that intimate, alignment as you said with the good with the good the true and the beautiful that that is that's it that's why jesus said my yoke is easy there is no he said that there there is no condemnation in christ right i didn't come here to condemn the world i came here to save it from what sin and how to destroy it, not punish it, to destroy mm. it, to set the captives free. This is the thing. Yeah, well, not, well and that's reminding me of, you know, Hebrews too, where like he, I mean, that, the, he didn't come in the world to judge the world because the world was already condemned. And then in Hebrews, you know, like he put away, he put away sin by the sacrifice of himself so that there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. So like, I don't know, the Bible does seems to me to talk in a lot of ways, like, you know, these things are already done, which I guess is what people mean when they talk about, you know, the, the, the already, but not yet, you know, that's the the turn of phrase that people will say. Um, and so it's just, it's almost maybe is another way what you could say. It's just like learning to, I don't know, learning to live into what is, I don't know. It reminds me of the, um, I don't know. I don't know if I was saying this, who I was saying to the other day, but um, I watched a video the other day from uh, Alan Watts and it was on, oh, what, what's it called? It's a, it's a Taoist term um, of like uh win way or something. What is it? Uh, Wu Wei, I guess, but it's essentially the idea of, of like, uh, I don't know, 
it's it's going with the grain it's not cutting against the grain it's just it's that in there's lots of things in nature and lots of things in the world that that tell you there's there's a uh, there's an easy way and a hard way to do things and part of the way that i think of that is like there's a way I don't know. There's a, there's a voice or an, or an essence or an energy. I mean, all this sounds very just like, I mean, it's going to sound woo to anyone who's a materialist, but it's also going to sound, it's the woo way. It's the woo but it's going to sound, uh, <laughs> it'll sound new agey to my mother if she listens to it. So, um, but, but there's a way to get into the, you know, like Nick was saying in that conversation with Julian into the rhythm of the bass drum, you know, of, of what is and there's a way there's a way when you're splitting wood or cutting wood like i don't know if anyone's ever split wood but like there's a way to do it that's really easy and there's a way and i mean it's still hard it's still work but like if you try to split wood against the grain good luck i mean it's it's not gonna happen you know um and so there's a way there's a there's a way of conforming to what is that that does which is which is which is what you're doing at the deepest level i mean that's yeah conformity to christ that's conformity to god that's um, i would i would say that when because we're in the upside down though um there's like an inversion uh like the controls are inverted so um but it's it's a little bit tricky. What's who's that? Got, who's got the controls, Caleb? Like, if they're inverted, who who's holding on to them? Well, I have the controls, but I'm just saying the... I would say that just the... Uh, the, the reality that we're in, the fallen reality, um, mm-hmm. that being upside down uh, makes stuff illogical that's actually logical mm. and so i'm I, as far as um the path of like least resistance versus the you know the easy path versus the hard path um right i, I mean I think true you're definitely right in that no but i mean i guess we're like, in this world easy and hard is strange I, I mean, I, I would agree with that point with what you're saying for sure. Like, I mean, I'm not, um, I'm like definitely not advocating like destruction as well, unless it's trend. Oh, sorry. I'm lagging. Yeah. You cut out. What'd you say again? Like the, the path of least resistance will also lead you to destruction. If, if you're, it just depends on the least resistance, you know, like, um, I guess it's okay, more like yeah, where the resistance is coming from, maybe is one yeah. way to look at it. Like, um, if, if the, Hmm, I don't, I have a half cocked thought when it comes to that. Um, I agree with you there's I mean and if you knew me more personally like that's (laughs) that's a that's a constant thorn in a lot of my personal relationships is like I'm 
I'm a, the difficult person. Everything has to be hard. I always have to do things the hard way and the most difficult way. Um, and a lot of that is due to just like personal convictions and ethical convictions, because that's kind of a life mantra of mine. Yeah. The easy way is rarely, if ever the best way I say that to my kids constantly. And then, right. And then, so here I am in the other breath saying, you know, Wu Wei, cut with the grain, <laughs> do it the easy way. So what am I trying to say? Um, it's about peace and it's about freedom. It's not about hard and easy. Like those are words that we, we like to use because they make us feel good. Mm. Um, right. So, uh, like you, the example of, of chopping wood against the grain, you can do it. You can do it. You can actually make it a challenge. You can say, I'm going to chop this piece of wood against the grain and you can chop it and it can be easy because you're doing it in a, in a, in a, in a, an arena of freedom. Mm. I have the freedom to do this and I want to, and I will, you might give up because it might never work, but you can do it easily. You can also do it the hard way where you're, you know, you're taking your anger out on the thing and you're, it's not working and you're getting frustrated. So, you know, like I, I think about the Buddha, for example, um, when, when he finished all his meditating and he got up from under the tree and walked into the village, his face was shining. Why was his face shining? Because he solved the world's problems and everything was going to be great from now on? No, it was because he realized that it's, it's, it's in the striving that makes things difficult. It's not the striving, it's the living, it's the being, it's the accepting. It's the sitting in the loving embrace of God. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what makes it easy. Well, and I, and I think, I think the hard tension with that. So like, let me just, yeah. as a, as like a devil's advocate or just, I'm hearing, cause I don't disagree with you, but I hear, but I have other voices in my head that would say something in response to that. So they would say like, when, when Paul says, you know, like, I do not, you know, like I, I run the race to win and I don't box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body. And I like that, that passage when he's saying just like, he puts him, I mean, I don't know where the language is, but I think it's, I mean, I've heard sermons on that. Like the language is very severe. It's almost like a extreme aesthetic aestheticism, you know, type of a thing. But um, what is, what is the, how would you respond as the striving within that or, or is that discipline aesthetic pursuit of that thing? Is that just the work of putting off the flesh of eliminating the striving altogether? Is that what that work is? I mean, what would you well, what say? If, what, what, what if Paul is demonstrating that no matter what he does, he is who he is. Like he says, he says in other chapters, you know, I, I want to do good and I don't, I do bad and the, and the good that I want to do, I don't do and the bad that I don't want to do, I do. And, yeah. you know, and, and what he's, what he's doing is he's, he's saying, this is, this is what I am. This is who I am. Right. 
I, I, it, it's no matter what I do, it's not going to change. It's, it's, you know, we like to think of ourselves or the scripture describes us as vessels, right? Mm. And, and for the spirit of God to inhabit, what, what does the spirit of God want? You know, what, what does the loving father want to do when he wants to inhabit his children? Does he want to destroy who they are or does he want to instill in them the courage to move forward in the world and develop who they are? Yeah. Is that, is yeah, that what a grow them. wants to do? Right. So is, is it God's mission to destroy who I am or is it his mission to give me the courage to move forward in the world peacefully in peace, knowing that everything that I do, I do in him. Yeah. Or it's almost like you're, the, I don't know, the article that you sent on uh, apocastasis and universal salvation and that it's, that there's definitely judgment within it. And it's not like a just letting off. It's that right. you get off scot-free. It's not that yeah. at all. Um, but there was a section there in particular that was talking about, it's not of the, the burning of that off and the, the, you know, that verse of just like he will like his deeds will be burned up, but he will be saved, but through fire, you know, that passage in the new Testament, it's not about, um, the mental images that I get are, um, you know, Eustace and shredding the dragon skin in, mm -hmm. uh, Lewis. You know, in the, Nar in, Nar in the Chronicles of Narnia or in the great divorce of like the angel severing off the growth. I yeah. think the kinds of, the kinds of shedding that we do are, are the false self, the projected self, the, the idolatrous false image, the, you know, the masks that we wear maybe. And then when all that, I mean, I think that's a good, that's a healthy way to see it is that when all that is, when all of that stuff is eventually gone in revelation, great white throne judgment, you know, God gives you the stone that has your true name on it and writes it on your fore, you know, the name that only he knows. And like, that's you, you finally, you have finally become who you always were. Um, and not who, and not who you call yourself. That's the that's the description George McDonald gives, right? Yeah. Um, um, but the beauty of the gospel is that, with all my flaws, I am valuable. I am loved. With yeah. all my flaws, and the beauty of universal reconciliation is that. With all my flaws, I am valued. I am loved. Okay, and and the and the and the ultimate goal is to free me of those growths, free me yeah. of those things, those flaws, those things that, or the thing that I call myself. You know, instead yeah. of the name that I am. Um, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I have to pause because I, I just want to read you a quick. Um, a quick uh, couple of quotes that I got. Okay, Sherry. So just so you know, though, I have, because I don't have like the fancy I paid for a Zoom. <laughs> it says, it says it's going to stop in like 245. So do I oh. just, do we just want to stop it and start a new one and then wrap it up? 
under a new one because I doubt you're going to be able to read your quotes. We're going to be able to talk about them in 2.30. <laughs> um, I just wanted to read one. It's short, short, short. Okay, do it. Short, short. I'll be really, really quick. And if, <laughs> I, right. if I lose you, then just call me back. Okay. <laughs> so David Bentley Hart says, Every version of the Christian story that doesn't end with the universalist construal turns out to be internally co incoherent. When that happens, what is faith? It is nothing at all. Faith is simply the repetition of formulas that you imagine have meaning. The more you try to define them, the more elusive they become of definition. Yeah, and I mean, and in, in that podcast, I think he does a really, I mean, eventually I'll probably just have to read the book because, yeah, it's hard to summarize a giant book in that podcast. But I do, I do think what he's saying is true, is that unless you, unless you view it as a universalist, your terms and the way that you use them become inconsistent and you have to build up frameworks because like... God, I don't know. It's it's kind of like what you were saying earlier, like to say that God, within universalism, you could say unequivocally, God loves me. I mean, it takes all the guessing game out of it. Like on a, on a um, elect reprobate framework, I mean, you never know. You never really know if God loves you. How could you know? I mean, you can, because, and, and I mean, and, logically that's the case i think too but i mean i've also experienced it in myself and over and over and over with countless people i would say that's one of the biggest things that we dealt with in church and struggling within calvinist doctrines of election is how do i know if i'm elect how do i know if god really loves me i mean that's everybody deals with that who's thought about it very seriously as far as I, my experience goes mm -hmm. um and then on like an Arminius, on an Arminian framework or an open theist framework where libertarian free will is held up at the highest stand so people can refuse God. The only one where it's just like, nope, love wins, God wins. <laughs> That's universalism, you know? It's the well, only